Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I am joined today by Amy Gunn, Elizabeth McNulty, and Megan Crow. And we're going to be talking about whether or not we can ever turn off our lawyer brain. I thought about this as a topic of discussion because in my family, there are three attorneys in my immediate family. All three of us work here at the firm, my dad, my brother, Johnny, and I. And I can't tell you how many times, oh, and my husband's an attorney too. And I can't tell you how many times we go hang out at my parents' house and my mom will put her hands over her ears and say, no more law talk, no more law talk. We're not doing law talk anymore. And it's just kind of silent. <laughs> None of us know what, <laughs> what else. What do you mean? What else? I relate to that. <laughs> yeah, we're not able to really talk about anything else. And somehow the conversation will make its way back to something that has to do with a case. It honestly might not even have to do with a case that's currently in the office. It might be something that's on the news that had legal implications. And then that leads down a rabbit hole of just sometimes we're looking up stuff on our phones about the legal implications of something we read on the news. Oftentimes I'll leave their house, my parents' house, and I'll think to myself, did we talk about anything other than the law? And sometimes the answer is no. It's changing a little bit now that I have a daughter. You know, I'm distracted a little bit more, but I still manage to talk about cases while she's like laying on the ground playing with a toy. So I wanted to, you know, kind of bounce some ideas off of uh, the ladies on this podcast. You've got to have thoughts on this or a feeling on this when I ask, can you turn off your lawyer brain? And my immediate response to myself is no. And as I thought about it more, I think that there's good and bad aspects of that. And then I kind of broke it off into whether or not I can turn off my lawyer brain versus whether or not I can turn off my lawyer lens or my lawyer perspective. And I and I kind of made that into a a different lane. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on whether or not you think you can ever turn off your lawyer brain and what that means to you. May I ask for some definitions? Is that a lawyer brain thing to do? Yes. So how are are we defining lawyer brain? I wrote down analytical, judgy, curious, you know, those kinds of things. Is that how you are defining it? Yes. Curious, questioning, because I'm not I'm not talking about thinking about work. I'm not necessarily thinking about, are you thinking about a specific case or a client or a depot or whatever? I'm talking about you leave your house in the morning on a Saturday morning. You don't have work to do. You're going to the grocery store. Between the time you leave your house and get to the grocery store, have you somehow managed to funnel all your thoughts into a legal framework? Okay. So kind of like problem solving, debating. If you're sitting around the table, drop in any current event and the conversation immediately you sort of take sides and start debating it. That type yes. of thing. Or you're walking down the grocery store aisle and you see a caution wet floor sign and you immediately start <laughs> thinking about whether or not anyone's fallen and if they need a lawyer. Right. I think it's that brainwashing that started in law school where your brain was just like forever altered and you can't think about things the way you could before. The world looks a lot different through the eyes of a lawyer, I think. It does. Why? And- Because of the way we're taught to question 
and analytically analyze every situation. I also think it's partly because we're going back to the notion of problem solvers. If you're even at a cocktail party and someone brings up an issue, they might not even know you're a lawyer. Let's just say they're having a dispute with their neighbor or their landlord or whatever. I immediately cannot just be a good listener. I cannot be just Venus, just empathizing. I immediately start thinking about ways to solve that problem. Now, I've gotten to the point where I can tamp that down a little bit, depending on how deep I want to get into this conversation or how much I want to offer to help. But the first thing I think of is, oh, this person needs some advice. They need some help on this. And I'm uniquely qualified to give them advice about any dispute from anywhere involving any people at all. So no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can turn off your lawyer brain. I can't turn mine off. But as I said, I have learned to put it in neutral, I think, and try to enjoy things for what they are as opposed to constantly trying to solve problems and initiate debate and that type of thing. Somebody make the case that it's not a bad thing, that you can never turn off your lawyer brain. When somebody says, can you just stop being such a lawyer? <laughs> no, I can't Go do for it. it. <laughs> so the, the task is to, to figure out how it's really okay. Yes, because what we've established now this is such a lawyerly way to put it. Let's go over the things that we've established in the conversation <laughs> so far. Can you turn off your lawyer brain? It's a resounding no. Correct. We all agree. Correct. Now we've defined it yes. in terms of, oh, solving problems, being analytical, asking questions, being curious, giving people advice, assuming people want advice, <laughs> which little piece of um, advice here that I learned is that uh, unsolicited advice is often received as criticism. <laughs> what? So I've heard that one before. I'm going to um, hear it a lot because I like to give advice being the lawyer that I am. So now that we've got a definition, we know we can't turn it off. If someone who's not a lawyer says, just stop because it's annoying to people who are non-lawyers, how can we convince them using our lawyer skills that it's not a bad thing? Why is it actually not a bad thing that we can't turn off our lawyer brain? I don't know that it's our role to convince them that we should keep it on. I think sometimes you got to read the room and maybe, uh, like Amy said, you know, just kind of swallow your advice. Sometimes people don't need to hear our every thought or how we would solve that problem because it's not really why they're asking. They just want a good listener. Elizabeth, you're just missing the whole point here. <laughs> this is the discussion. We're lawyers. What we do is we make cases about every single thing that we do and every decision we make, whether it's deciding what best milk to buy is to what car we want. I want to know why is it not a bad thing? I don't think it's a bad thing. And I'm trying to think in my head, how do I, how can I articulate to somebody that when they think I'm being too lawyerly, I guess too lawyerly means it would had crossed a line, but being lawyerly or thinking like a lawyer is not a bad thing, even if that's our perspective 24 seven. I accept that it's not a bad thing. However, I don't think we need that to be validated by other people. It's okay to be engaged in this constant debate, analysis, problem solving, advising. 
I kind of picture myself at, again, random cocktail party. Maybe that's what's on my mind right now. But instead of immediately engaging in the what can I do to help, problem solving, analysis, I just keep asking questions and not necessarily try to solve it, but just maybe even change the subject, ask other people questions and try not to be the center of that conversation. And I'm trying not to be, because I've gotten to the point where I don't want to be a lawyer 24 hours a day. I really don't want to be at the grocery store or at the party with friends and be asked lawyer questions or be asked to weigh in on a particular event or issue. I would rather just talk about the weather or you know, the dog or anything, anything besides <laughs> right. what I do for a living or why my brain can't stop trying to solve problems. My defense mechanism to my own lawyer brain is to try to pretend like I'm not a lawyer for five minutes. And the way I do that is to not talk about myself, to really try to say what's going on. If I meet a new person, I've got all kinds of questions. I want to know about what you're doing. And unless they're a lawyer, then I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. But (laughs) because we're back where we started, I think we can't turn it off, but we can, we can be in a position where we don't have to validate or be convinced that it's a good thing. I think there's a difference too between being asked for your judgment or your opinion as an attorney by maybe your friends or family members who are not attorneys and that being annoying when you're not at work and thinking, I don't want to think about work right now. Um, You know, I just want to have a five minute conversation that's not about me being a lawyer. I think there's a difference between that and then, you know, I find myself being amused by how much I think about being a lawyer and lawyer things when I don't intend to. I mean, I, well, first of all, I spend very little time with non-attorneys. Most of my very good friends are also lawyers because I was lucky enough to have met my best friends in law school. And so now we all have legal jobs, at least my friends in this city. So the only people that I really interact with on a regular basis that aren't attorneys are my family members because I'm the only attorney in my family. And sometimes it's amusing to myself how much it comes up when I'm with my family who's not attorneys. I'm like, am I being annoying? I need to stop because maybe it'll be like a movie or a show we're watching and I'm thinking about all the actions that I could bring as a result of this. I know all the liabilities. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was watching the one that stands out in my mind was um, the newest Jurassic Park movie. And I was thinking about all the liability that <laughs> this park could be held Oh, for. to depose the corporate rep. Yeah. And I'm just like, if I say that, I'm going to be annoying people or just like, you know, um, if I'm disagreeing with one of my family members about politics, maybe before law school, it would just be an argument, but now I find myself using tactics of literally cross-examination, and I'm probably insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that's the feedback that I've gotten from people that I'm not that you're insufferable. That, that <laughs> I, am. Uh, I think it kind of can take the fun out of things when you're just over analyzing like every little thing and people are like, can't you just relax? I'm like, no, I actually can't. <laughs> oh. My brother is an attorney. So during the holidays, one thing that I vividly remember is that we were playing some kind of board game and the instructions were not very clear. Oh, and no. We went into like a ambiguity in a board game instruction. We started doing like statutory interpretation oh, of how Lord. these instructions were written. <laughs> And like my sister-in-law and then our parents were just oh. like looking at us. And I think they got up and left the I'm table. Sure it's just like a half hour goes by. It's sure. Just, it kind of just like takes the fun out of it. Like not everything has to be so serious. And I think that's kind of where we tend to think about things. But see, this is where I'm going with this. So why is it okay that we have a lawyer brain? And on one hand, like Amy, from what you're saying is who really cares? It doesn't really matter if, if we think it's okay. We don't need to make a case to people that it is. But it seems to significantly impact our holiday parties with our family <laughs> members. So it's worth considering. And my mom, who has been a big subject of this particular episode, she drew a lot of parallels between her being a teacher and me being a lawyer particularly with plaintiff's work, she said, you know, sometimes the cases are really sad and there's babies involved and parents of babies. And it's just, it can get really heavy and there's high stakes. And so she was saying, if you're passionate about it and it's a vocation in the same way that she's a teacher and she was laughing with me saying, you know, when you walk through the grocery store and see the no fall sign, like I'm looking down the aisle at the coloring books and like the toys thinking, oh, I could use this to teach math or I could use this book would be really good to teach reading. And she said it's a lens that people carry, but the law is just one that it's everywhere. So you you can't really get away from it because no matter what situation and you're in, it's governed by laws and what, which that gets way, let's suck the fun out of everything in the room, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's where we don't want to go. But I think one avenue to defend our lawyer brain or our lawyer lens is that it's not. And again, props to my mom for telling me this. She said, your job isn't really a nine to five. Uh, you work with people and people need help 24 seven or something else random happens that they just need to tell you about, or you're not really off the clock. So it's hard to separate. And it also, again, is akin to other professions that are of service to people because you're passionate about it. So in one regard, that's why you can't really stop thinking about it. I always think about the lens now. It's impossible for us to see a situation, no matter what it is, whether it's a conflict, a personal conflict between two people, we see both sides. When you're reading the instructions on the board game, you want to make sure you're doing it right and you're following the rules, how they're supposed to be construed. So you need <laughs> to make sure that you're reading the rules properly. It's just... It's hard to not put it to rest in your brain almost because after you've gone through law school and you start practicing, you can't. It's second nature. And I don't think that it's a bad thing. But I also kind of like, Amy, what you were saying is who cares? We don't need to make a case to defend that to someone because we know that how we're wired. So it's really a matter of being Balancing more. It out. Yeah, like being more inquisitive of someone else or thinking huh, what's going on right now? Is it something that requires problem solving? Is anyone asking me to problem solve? Is 
does anyone actually need any input from anybody right now? Or are things <laughs> just kind of happening and that's okay? I think where we can get in trouble with it is when we're overstepping at the cocktail party. We're making everything, bringing it back to us or our thoughts or trying to solve something that doesn't need to be solved. Or when, you know, you wake up at 2 a.m. thinking about a case or something. That's lawyer brain, but you're thinking about it in terms of work. And I think that's where it can get a little bit messier. It's like when someone comes and vents to you and you say, do you just need me to listen? Do you want advice or do you want my empathy? And it's kind of like you need to project that analysis on the situations that you're in. If you're with a bunch of people and something's going down and your lawyer brain is reeling, like take a second and think, do they just need me to listen? Do they need my advice? Do they need my empathy? Yeah. I mean, I think the danger arises and I think I don't know. Maybe it's just like the personality type it takes to be a lawyer and then also to be a trial lawyer. Sometimes we tend to make a lot of things about ourselves or just like, you know, everything revolves around me. And I think that that's where your lawyer brain becomes kind of dangerous because like, you know, especially in a social setting, like not everything needs to be about you and you don't need to monopolize the conversation. So I think that's where there's some kind of concern. I don't think that having a lawyer brain is bad or I think it's a gift. I think especially to get where we are. I mean, we were already like had the kind of talents and characteristics to be good at this. And then you go to law school and it gets a lot better. And then you practice and you continue to develop. So I make no, you know, I didn't mean to say that, like, I think there's anything bad with it. I think that it's a gift and it enables us to help a lot of people who really need help. So I think it's great. It just sometimes in your personal life, it can get to be a drag and it can be just some things to look out for, just have some personal awareness. That's exactly what I wrote a little when Mary was was talking at the end, just self-aware, know your audience, some of the same things, principles that we espouse quite often. And it's not just for everyone else in your party that doesn't want to hear you, <laughs> but it's for yourself too. It, it, it really goes to the balancing that we all and the self-care that we talk about. If you're constantly looking at situations, trying to digest and analyze and problem solve, you're constantly exhausted. And there needs to be inside you an opportunity to to, okay, recognize this is what we do. Number one, be aware of this is the way the brain works for us uh, and how it manifests itself in conversations and in what we do every day to the extent that you can try to turn it off. Try to turn it off. And the best way I've ever, I mean, literally, I will turn nonsense television on. I am shocked with how much HGTV I watch. I don't the and, best. and and food network. I don't cook. I don't like to cook. I like to eat, <laughs> but I don't like to cook. And I find myself watching, you know, food shows and I mean, I live in a house, but I don't particularly know anything about decorating or construction, but I spend um that's how I wind down just to watch television. Um that's the only way I can turn it off. So if you recognize your lawyer brain, recognize how it manifests itself, then I think you can pull yourself out. And that's what I was saying earlier. My techniques and my defense mechanisms almost is to not make it about me, to ask people questions about themselves, their lives. And when people do ask me that I, if you're at a, someplace we don't know people, what do I do? I will be as vague as possible. I'm a lawyer. And if they ask again, I just say I do trial work. And then usually 
unless you say more about yourself or what you do, then you move on to the next topic. Because I don't want to be this person all the time. It's just exhausting. Two questions that I want to ask for listeners. There's a number of different circumstances that any, you know, lawyer who's listening to this podcast can be in. What advice would you give to someone in, you know, Megan's position where you're the only attorney in your family and you are the sounding board for every single issue that comes up for any family member at any time when you're not, you know, working? What advice do you have to the lawyers who are listening thinking, I'm dreading walking into the next family party because all I'm going to be doing is answering legal questions? What I defer to is really not answering any questions unless they are very particular about my actual area of practice. Most people at a family gathering or any given social situations where people want to ask you questions because you're a lawyer, nine times out of 10, it's a family law question, a criminal law question. How do I get out of a ticket? I got a speeding ticket. I got a parking ticket. I need you to do my will, something like that. And those are very specific areas of practice. And you know, theoretically, could I give some general advice based on what I know from my classes? Probably. Could I point them in the direction of another lawyer I know who does that? Yes. But I don't want to do that. So I just say, that's not what I do. This is what I do. Pretty specifically, I do personal injury for the plaintiff's side of civil law. And if that's not a question about something I know, I don't feel comfortable giving you any legal advice. That's exactly what I was going to say. Defer. Defer. Which might be hard because we're expected to know things. We pride and ourselves. want to know things. Exactly. We pride ourselves on knowing lots of things and not being afraid to tell people about what we know. But if you really are in a setting where you don't want to be the lawyer in the room, then I do think it's perfectly fine and probably advisable to uh, say, gosh, that's just not my area. If you want me to find you an estate planner, I'd be happy to try to do that. It's just not my area. And people are like, okay, got it. It's fine. There's two ways to execute that because on one hand, I'm thinking the easier way to get out is to say, not my area. And the other hand, Megan was like, civil law, plaintiff side, <laughs> personal injury, trial work. <laughs> added as many words to what she does in order to make it so narrow until the person listening has probably lost interest. <laughs> and I said, never mind. It's too complicated. Alternatively, I obviously have some thoughts on this having lawyers in my family. What advice would you give to someone like me who's not interested in actively working with their lawyer brain in a family setting of lawyers? I can't even imagine being in your position. I mean, not only are you surrounded by lawyers, you're surrounded with the coworkers. Like, yeah. And like your boss. So I mean, I only have to deal with like one other attorney and like he works in the Pentagon and cybersecurity and like war law. I can't even, I don't want to have conversations about that. <laughs> I'm like, not interested in it. He would probably have to, if he told you, he'd have to kill you. And yeah, he doesn't talk about work at all. So I, I don't have this problem in my family, which is ideal. Well, I need advice. I so. have this problem <laughs> with my friends and I don't have advice to give you because we are so guilty of it. We all just talk about work and every once in a while we'll become cognizant of it and say, we need to stop talking about this. And then five minutes later, we're talking about it again. Right. It's like going on a date without the your child and you're like, let's not talk about the child. And all you end <laughs> up is talking about diaper sizes. And yeah. At least that's where I'm at right now in life. I feel like 
it has gotten better because like many of you, my closest friends in St. Louis are from law school. And without question, the first many number of years after law school, the conversation was devoted to law and our practice and current issues and debating and advising. And some spouses and significant others were not lawyers. And we would have the same, like your mother, Mary, like, okay, enough already. Yep. And we would pull away for a few minutes and we did the best we could. It gets better. I think when you add layers to your life of families and a lot of my classmates aren't practicing law per se anymore um, and they're in law, but they're not trial attorneys or litigators. And so kind of like your brother, Elizabeth, while we're all still lawyers, many of us do different things and it's not that interesting. We're not that interesting to each other anymore. <laughs> so you have to add other things to the equation to talk about. So it does, I, I feel like after five or, or five or so years, probably maybe 10, okay, um, <laughs> once everybody started having other decades. layers to their lives, it became easier not to talk about law all the time. So, so there's hope. <laughs> my situation I don't know definitely about you, isn't though. gonna. I, the, the reason why I think it's difficult in a fam for anyone listening in a family of lawyers who work together, the example I can think of is it was during you know height of pandemic when no one was in the office and everyone was working at home, and I was sitting at the table doing a paint by number on a Saturday, <laughs> a cat paint by number, and. My brother called my dad to discuss a case and it opened up the whole afternoon of listening to speakerphone of two lawyers talking about a case in the office. And I, on one hand, felt so bad because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, if my brother's working right now and my dad's working right now, are all the other lawyers at the firm working right no. now? And I need to no, be they working because no, it's Saturday. They <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just I spiral and think, well, if I'm seeing because to Elizabeth, you said they're co my coworkers and my boss. So it's, you know, lead by example. I'm watching them work on a weekend and I'm thinking, I'm doing a paint by number. <laughs> you know, I'm like sitting at the table doing a paint by number and they're like analyzing case issues and there's there aren't even trials going on because it was in the middle of the height of the pandemic. You might want to consider estranging yourself from your family. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and, and the thing is, in those moments, how you were saying there are spouses or significant others who aren't trial lawyers or are doing something that's just enough unrelated that they can kind of pull you away from that. It's It took me a second to just kind of look at them and listen to five minutes of it and then just say, hey, anyone want to go in the other room with me and grab my husband and my mom and just do something else because just to remo physically remove yes. myself from it, because especially hearing it, you can't not get sucked in. So it's on that point, I guess I'd have to give myself advice on just removing myself from the situation if I can't escape my lawyer brain and it's a time where I really don't want to be using it. You boundaries. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have to maybe truly set some boundaries. Yeah. Maybe I need to uh, listen to the pot. Didn't we have an episode on boundaries? I have to go back in. <laughs> you can try to get some buy-in. Maybe just buy your dad some AirPods and see if he'll, you know, talk on the phone with those. He has them. Yeah. <laughs> We've tried that. I've tried that one. But it is. It's It's constant. And I... It's interesting to think about the concept of 
lawyer brain in terms of self-awareness, how you were talking about it, because it really is, it's like, okay, we know we have lawyer brain. We know we can't get rid of it. That means it's on us. It's our responsibility. Yes. So it's our responsibility to know what the limits are of using it, who we use it with, and when to tamp it down, so to speak. Mary, I know as frustrating as it might be to not be able to remove yourself from these lawyer conversations and lawyer brain all the time, I do think it is important to have some grace with ourselves because I know as Amy and Elizabeth both mentioned, having this lawyer brain uh, is not a bad thing. It's It really is a gift. I think we should be thankful that we have the ability to think analytically and critically about things, even though sometimes it feels a little intrusive, have some grace and uh, realize that's not a bad thing. The next time someone asks me if I can stop or turn off my lawyer brain, I'm just going to reply very calmly that I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. <laughs> and hopefully it'll just freak out the person just enough that they won't ask me anymore to turn it off because it's obviously something that I've been thinking about. Yeah, or like you would need to be in a coma for it to be off. Right. Yeah. It's just who we are and we can't help it. So It's an, another good reason to get a hobby, <laughs> to have something else to talk about. Yeah. Like a paint by number. Or start liking sports or something. Right. <laughs> well, ladies, I have absolutely loved this discussion. It's given me a lot to think about, and I hope our listeners were able to take something away from it that is helpful to them as they try to turn off their lawyer brains, or rather, don't turn off their lawyer brains. If anyone has any comments or questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and check out other legal podcasts in the Simon Law Firm Library. The Jury is Out with John Simon focuses on lifelong learning to elevate your practice. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.